0: On this week's episode, we are joined by Brian Colburn of Playlist Wars and talk a little bit about his podcast, as well as a little Playlist War of our own, crafting some Songs of the Summer playlists. Brett shares his experience diving into fish for the first time, we get into a little Rage Against the Machine talk, and we touch on the new Code of the Fiend album. After our interview, we get into songs to listen to when leaving a job, as well as some Blink Talk. Okay, let's do it. all right we're here july 14th hot days of in summer. My house. oh yeah
1: oh yeah how's it going brett it's going good it's very hot here but i'm ready to talk some music and yeah. we have a great guest great show lined up for everyone
0: yeah awesome interview later with uh brian from playlist Wars coming at you
1: very um, on par with our album draft so if you like that one you'll definitely like this listen
0: yeah yeah it was fun um, What's been what's been going on this week we didn't really have like a ton of albums
1: we didn't but i had some homework following our interview you did and <laughs> i think i'm officially in the fish tank officially official oh, <laughs> how did you miss that i, I missed that one God
2: damn it Brett. <laughs>
0: that's where you shine yeah no, but yeah. i am
1: loving farmhouse
0: i've yeah. listened to it all day and i'm definitely hooked now dude it's it's so fun um just to fill in everyone um, in our interview me and uh, me and Brian had a little uh, fish nerd nerding out going on. And uh, he told Brett to listen to a studio album, which I don't frequently hear recommended, but I think it, it kind of was a good way for, for him to go. So Brett listened to farmhouse, which is their, uh, I don't know, most pop, most mainstream album, maybe like people know the song farmhouse, at least, Nineties people. I don't know about now.
1: It came out in May sixteenth, two thousand. Really?
0: Damn! I thought it was earlier than that. Damn. I don't. Yeah, I don't know their uh, the like order of their albums, but it's a good this one. one. This was
1: great. I like. There wasn't a single song I like wanted to skip over. Like each one was unique, and I think one of my favorites, at least after a couple listens, I have to be Bug. Yeah farmhouse dirt which you was a very great recommendation by you yeah oh, and first oh, tube like just i hit that on loop like three times
0: <laughs> sorry i had to finish the riff it went on a whole longer.
1: <laughs> it's so
0: good though like how many
1: of these songs are like live staples or does it dude or does every set list just vary so
0: much literally all of them <laughs> um, okay Um, there's not a song on here I haven't heard live, except maybe "Sleep." I have to hit play on it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard "Sleep" live, but other than that, all of these get worked in very frequently. "Sand" is such a good one too. Even in "Law,"
1: Josie Wales, like that was like like my blood pressure got up a little point at some. My blood pressure got worked up at some point today which I won't get into, but <laughs> <laughs> the in-law Josie Wells brought it back down. It was just such a great listen. And like, they're just clearly great musicians. So yeah, I'm I, excited to like dive into them more.
0: Yeah. I, I love how like no two songs are like two alike. I mean, maybe that's not entirely true, but I mean like they'll bounce genre to genre within an album and their set lists, which is always fun.
1: And is Trey the singer and the guitarist or is he just the guitarist?
0: Trey's the singer and the guitarist, but then uh, Mike, the bass player, he sings on, uh, I don't know if he sings on anything on this album, but he sings a fair amount too. And then Paige, the keyboardist, he has songs that he sings. Like they they really all like kind of work it in. But Trey is definitely like the primary vocalist. Yeah, I don't know. I like because he plays some crazy guitar stuff. So to sing too is it's impressive and then what
1: was the other album you guys said was it hoist or another one to check oh, out? oh hoist is
0: great Do hoist okay Do hoist yeah
1: so there's yeah. a lot from like billy breeze in the top 10 on spotify
0: billy breeze is awesome too there's really like <laughs> they're all good yeah some of the newer ones will have songs that i don't love every song but the older stuff like hoist and billy breeze would have been my next two and picture of nectar school but that's a Maybe a little weirder. Did you listen to any of the the live ones I sent you?
1: Yeah, I could definitely get down with that in yeah. person.
0: <laughs> it's got to be cool, like, hearing the studio version first and then hearing how they kind of expand on it live. Because it's not like, I mean, sometimes they'll go crazy and they'll stretch it out, some songs, for, like, upwards of 30 minutes. It's not frequent that they'll go for that long, but it's for sure happened, but... Usually they'll stretch songs to like 10, 15 minutes if they really like get in a groove.
1: And I'm sure like along with the visuals, like live, like yeah. gives the songs like an, like an even an additional level. Yeah. Up that, from like the album versions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Because there are times where they're like deep in a jam and you're just like zone out. You're like I don't even know what song they're playing anymore. <laughs> but then you look at the lights or sometimes I'll just pick one of the one of the guys, and I'll just like be like, All right, what's Mike doing on bass? And just really like focusing on that. There's just so much to so many ways to listen. But
3: yeah, this one
1: needs, I had it like on playing out of my laptop speakers today. So I feel like this one needs a headphone listen to really grasp everything going on here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'll definitely pick up more stuff with every listen, as we so often do. Um, are you free August 6th? Cause, uh, play an AC and Andy's coming it's gonna be his first show I like there's something going on that day unfortunately uh, Yeah, so I I have a crossroads my friend's having uh he does like kind of an annual beer Olympics he's doing it that day and it's also the only day I can see fish this tour I don't know what to do
1: <laughs> I'm kind of hoping they do a December show
0: they, they will they always play Madison Square Garden for four days around New Year's sometimes they do it in miami but like 90 percent of the time i want to say especially now that they're older they all live in or around new york so those shows are very easy for them they don't have to travel and they have families so i need to go they also just announced uh uh riviera shows in like mexico that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's like i could see like if you're like an older person with like the job and stuff and you and your wife are into it. Like, let's make a vacation out of it and get to see fish too. Like it's pretty cool. Last time they did it. Um, uh, who was there? Uh, I'm blanking. Um, Dave Matthews was there and he just like came out and they did some random Dave Matthews songs and he did some fish songs with them. <laughs> I was looking, they do a lot of covers live too. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of covers, not, not all the time, but they work in a lot. Like, they do a Loving Cup cover by Rolling Stones, which is great. They do a lot of Talking Heads. They do, like, Psycho Killer and Cities. Um, they do Beatles sometimes. They do Zeppelin sometimes. Like, it's so cool when you're just at a show, and then all of a sudden they bust out, like, a Zeppelin song. It's just, like, it's oh, so fun. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I can only imagine what it would have been, like, with uh, Dave Matthews there. Like, those two fan bases colliding it has to be something.
0: Yeah yeah there's actually a lot of overlap i guess because they're kind of like both jammy but i would think dave matthews goes more like broy and fish goes more hippie <laughs> if i think that's like, fair the, yeah the Venn diagram
1: <laughs> that's definitely the venn diagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah then in the movie, i don't mind dave like, matthews though Like the 90s stuff was pretty good
0: yeah i always like wanted to know more from him than i do but it's just a lot and like I'm invested in Fish. I don't have time to go through like 12 albums and live shows. No. In <laughs> Maybe someday. It's
1: definitely a deep dive for him. Like, I think I pretty much stopped listening around like 2004. So I can only
0: imagine how much I missed in that time. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I saw Fish in Washington at the Gorge, there were people there who were like, yeah, we're just hanging out till next week when Dave Matthews comes through. We're just going to run it back. You guys are nuts. Yeah. Four days of camping is already like... <laughs> Three more days of camping when my body could handle.
1: Oh, there was camping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a whole nother.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Good I mean, for them though.
0: Yeah. And it it wasn't bad in Washington because during the day it gets to like 70 and it's like the dry heat kind of of Arizona style. And um, then at night it drops to like 50. So that's like perfect for sleeping. Like I was never hot at night. So Arizona is so, a cool state. Yeah. Yeah, the sweat just like I would when I was in Arizona and kind of when I was in Washington too, but definitely more Arizona. Like I'll just be covered in salt, but like I wouldn't be sweaty because it just evaporates like immediately. It's weird. Weird Arizona. Weird West Coast. Weird New Jersey. (laughs) Weird New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Uh, Yeah. What, uh, What else? I've just been listening to like Camp Trash, like nonstop. Can we announce that yet or not yet? yeah we can can announce that we're we're gonna have have them on next week we're very excited very
3: excited yeah
0: (laughs) that wasn't even planned (laughs) we're just genuinely excited excited. i found one live show from them on youtube from like a few months ago so i was watching that and it was like they sounded great and it's funny because like they're a pretty small band like they have a lot of listenership but as far as, like, this show, like, it just reminded me of, like, small hometown shows when there's, like, the core people in the crowd who know the songs. And it's just, like, it's such a good stage. It's such a fun stage of a band to be at. Because, like, I don't know. We still kind of get it with the front bottoms. But, like, when you think back to when they were, like, earlier, it's just this this smaller group. And then when they get bigger and bigger, you kind of, like, lose that. But Or, like, when we
1: saw, like, Modern Baseball in Brooklyn like those small
0: venues yeah this one was even smaller than that but like that's like i think like the best spot for a band to see bands anyway i'm sure for a band like it might be more fun but selling out like an arena or pnc or something is probably a little more lucrative oh yeah (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) that's like doesn't like don't or didn't foo fighters randomly just like do shows in really small venues just because they miss it
1: they did a, he did that documentary, Dave Grohl, on a, like bands touring in bands. And so they went on like all the small venues they came through when they first started playing music. So they they played like this really back. tiny club. Yeah. What? So, like, they played all these tiny clubs across the country.
0: That's sick. I remember there was one video going around a few years ago of them just like playing like a pizza joint. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Imagine just getting, getting a slice and Dave Grohl and starts just there. like ribbon. <laughs>
1: my hero starts playing <laughs> i would have to order a second
0: slice make myself comfortable or get a chicken parm hero Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> really get crazy there goes your hero <laughs> uh, well done as always
1: <laughs> also rage um, against the machine is back this week yeah I And now i'm st- sad i'm not seeing them on this tour
0: I still might be. My uh one of my good friends is like he's not like a huge music fan but Rage is like his band. Like he's almost the reason I know them as well as I do cuz they're always on in his car since we were in high school. He like, just loves Rage. So he was telling me the other day he's like I got to I have to see them. I, I can't miss them. So I was I was looking it up. Dude. <laughs> so they're playing like four, at least four nights at the Garden floor seats are like $700 if you want to be in GA and then the 100s are still like 400 plus and then if you sit in the 200s it's like buck 25 which is that's reasonable for Rage Against the Machine I think it's just like I'd love to be on the floor for them because they're a rage band oh yeah
1: (laughs) it's just crazy how expensive tickets are now like with everything going on it's like absurd
0: yeah, and I can't even tell. Like, I don't even know anymore. Like, is it the band doing it? Is it Ticketmaster doing it? Are they resell? Like, I just don't know, and it almost doesn't matter because it's like the price is the price. But
1: I'm blaming Ticketmaster because their fees are what makes it like
0: unreasonable. Yeah, yeah, but these were like floor seats, six fifty, not even with fees. So like, how? Man, I don't know. But... It's probably
1: like two hundred dollars in fees going Ticketmaster
0: i wanted to surprise him like if it was like maybe 200 for floor seats like it's still like a lot but it's for rage why not it's doable it's something that you can like kind of talk yourself into but a thousand dollars i don't live that life i would love to but <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> someday yeah yeah any sponsors out there <laughs> <laughs> sling those mattresses and me on these or whatever people do on podcasts <laughs> but yeah i love all these headlines and i i don't know if this is real or if this is just the headlines they're like all these people who are like oh rage against the machine political." like when did they become so political and i feel have like, you listened to rage against the machine <laughs> yeah i just think there's no way people are actually saying that i almost feel like they nitpick like a few tweets and then write an article about it. Like, are people really out there upset about radio against the machine having political views?
1: Yeah. Like, do you like really ignore the lyrics that much? Like when you listen to them, I like, I know like they're phenomenal instrumentally, but you have to, you know what words you're screaming along with Zach D. The Roche. Like,
0: yeah, there's a, there's a tweet that goes around and it, it's like years old now but someone said some, someone was criticizing them for being political. And Tom Morello was like, it doesn't it doesn't take someone with a degree from Harvard in political science to like have to analyze politics. But I happen to have a political science degree <laughs> from Harvard. <laughs> so
1: screw you. <laughs> He's the man, Tom Morello.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he rips.
1: I'm listening to them this week. I went back to Renegade because I feel like that's like the one rage album. I don't know front to back it's like mostly covers but it's phenomenal
0: uh yeah i i definitely don't know that one as well as um like battle for los angeles and the evil empire are like the, the heavy hitters
1: they don't miss they're another one of those bands like playlist Wars had a good tweet last week they're like what band do you know that consistently puts out better records than the one they put out before and it was a really tough question like my answer was pup so I feel yeah. like they're still getting better but i think I, rage fits that answer too
0: yeah i think i could throw rise against in there i don't that was don't my other one on my like...
1: <laughs> i was like Papa rise
0: against yeah silverstein flirts the line silverstein always puts out good albums i just don't know if it's always like my favorite what they put out a new album yeah that's a good way to put it but it goes back to our consistency talk from last week um yeah there wasn't too much this week there's this uh, i sent you uh code of the fiend this uh brooklyn brooklyn rapper and Which, um, thank
1: you for sending that to me because i feel like i've been really slacking in rap this year and this is probably the favorite my favorite rap album i've heard this year so it's, far
0: it's really cool like the the jazz influence and just like the the like array of different instrumentals on it like there's a Interlude that's got ukulele going. And then there's this one song, um uh empty cup. And it's kind of sounds like the Thugs Mansion guitar riff. I don't know if you made it that far. It does, yeah. It's like, I mean, it's gotta be intentional because it's pretty much like exactly like the Thugs Mansion guitar riff, but it's just a little different. Uh it's just yeah, it's just all over the place. Then there's that there's a song up that just like it's like got this organ beat going the whole time. Um jumpman has like a cello part and this like there's like this high-pitched noise i don't know what does it it's got to just be some sort of like synthesizer but it's that like kind of g-funk sound i don't know i just i was really like impressed with the instrumentals and the rapping's good too
1: it is really good it reminded me like the first time i heard like chance the rapper's coloring book like i feel like it's very much on that level
0: yeah yeah I, I had the same thought with Chance, and my I was texting my cousin. He also brought up Chance. It's definitely kind of has that that vibe to it for sure.
1: I feel like Chance has definitely like kind of had some hiccups since with his albums. Like I feel like people hated his last one. Yeah, when it it came out and he's not like kind of revered as he was when Coloring Book was out. But I still think he's a good rapper.
0: Yeah, is that the one that had like same drugs? Because that song was pretty good. I think it's like the one where he's Coloring holding
1: Mike like the clear me. CD on the cover.
0: Oh, I'm thinking of Coloring Book clear cd oh the big day that's it yeah i don't i'm not even like super familiar with this one
1: i think it's like obnoxiously long
3: too like an hour and a half or something
0: 22 tracks with like
3: no there's one skit yeah that that's a little heavy
0: but yeah it was nice to kind of just like mix it up a little listen to so much rock but so. you getting Mac
1: Miller vibes too.
0: Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um I forgot like Mac. I forget what song, but yeah, yeah. Just with like his like uh lyrical delivery. Yep. Kind exactly of remind That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I think I'll uh go back to this one. Dig into it more.
1: Especially as like the summer seems to be kind of slow with releases. I mean, like we were talking about before, we have senses fail this week, which I'm excited for, but I'm also not sure what to expect because i feel like there's no telling with census fail anymore but yeah they can it really should be go okay. in any direction i didn't
0: listen to the single either so no i didn't either hey <laughs> welcome to the club <laughs> someone sent it to me i did not listen i wasn't necessarily deliberate but i didn't listen so we can clean well, uh, slate
1: then on friday yeah it comes out
0: yeah and then there was um so tiny moving parts is coming out with an album and ooh. I didn't do a ton of research here on what happened, but it was available on iTunes for like five days and now it's gone. Oh, I got to look. Yeah. So like something happened where it got released early. I don't know the whole story and now it's off. I'm not even sure what the release date is anymore. But it's just funny like how that happened. And if you're like a diehard fan and you got it, you're probably pretty psyched.
1: What's a self-titled album?
0: Ooh, that's I always feel like you put out a self-titled album like three or four albums in, you're making a statement.
1: No, the last uh, one was great too, like, Breathe.
0: Yeah. They don't I I fell off them a little bit, but not in any fault of like them. I just I just kind of like fell off, but like pleasant living was my my jam. Oh, Celebrate yeah. was so good. Um that's
1: when we saw them like open up for modern baseball.
0: Yeah, and then like their first one, the scotch is long, and was it full of friendship?
1: Yeah, yeah, that one. That great. guitar playing is just,
0: dude, it's so noodly. I love it. Big sucker for noodly. <laughs> like, it's so great. He like, he plays this really cool like fe- semi hollow Fender, and he always has like a capo somewhere on it, and he just he rips. I I work with a guy because we have a Minnesota office, and he's like, legit friends with them. So maybe we can try and work something out when this album comes out, see if we can get them on. He sent me an album really awesome from them. He's like, "Oh, I have the demos like oh, I was in their basement when they were working on it." And he sent me a few songs. It's pretty cool. Yeah, those guys are awesome. I just I have no idea. It's weird that they don't have a, I don't see actual, a release date. Yeah.
3: This says July 8th, but that that happened.
1: Is that now when it went down. up and he took it down?
3: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, well, we'll just have to wait, wait and see. Maybe it'll be this Friday. We could get two for next week. I'm all
1: for some new tiny moving parts.
3: Yeah. Um.
1: Although, yeah, like you said, I don't know if it's gonna hit like uh, "Pleasant Living" and "Celebrate." "Celebrate" was really good too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Celebrate. So- Oh, man, I forgot about this album. I listened to the shit out of this album. Happy Birthday. Great song. Headache. Headache, Common Cold. Uh, they're a great band. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I wish I was on top of things when that album leaked. it have been fun to listen to.
1: You were slacking there. I know.
0: What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't use iTunes. That's my problem. That's where it leaked on. Um, You want to throw it to our interview and we can uh, let the people hear from Brian? Yeah, let's do it. People All
1: think right. people are going to have a good time with this one and we'll probably definitely judge our summer playlist, but hey, to each their <laughs> own.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have fun with it. There was very broad rules, so it was
1: easy to go crazy. All right. I may or may not have picked a boy band for one, so you'll have to <laughs> listen to find out.
0: All right, we'll throw it there and we'll see you on the other side okay we now welcome on a very special guest brian colburn brian is one half of the dynamic duo that makes up the playlist wars podcast whether it's crafting a playlist from a band's entire discography one album a specific era or anything in between brian and his co-host alex gomez have done it playlist wars can be found anywhere you can listen to podcasts and they also have a patreon with extra goodies Brian, we hope we can bring you a trifecta and not the proverbial axe. Thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> How's it going?
4: I love it. I love that you pulled it right from the show. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for having me.
0: It's great to have you on. Uh, we Brett introduced me to you guys a few months ago, and we've been we've been big fans since.
4: Oh, I appreciate that. We've been doing this for a little over a year now. And to say that we're shocked at the uh, way the show has taken off over the last year and a half would be the understatement of the century.
0: So you have a broadcasting history because this isn't your first podcast. If I did my research nope. correctly,
4: that's absolutely right. I ran a show with one of my good friends called tune styles. We did it for about three and a half years. And that was basically a, an interview program mixed in with some topics and some, some debates and stuff like that. But It was a little bit more sporadic of a show. We would do it when we had time. And he ended up having to move for his full-time career. And when he did, he says, we need to take a break from it. And at that point, I was getting so into podcasting for a hobby. I'm like, I can't take a break. I've got this other idea. And Gomez, who's my best friend of 30-something years, had been saying to me, I want to start a podcast. Can you help me get one off the ground so I could, you know, Podcast, I'm, I'm into it, and I said, Well, what do you want to do? And he goes, I have no idea. So I pitched him the idea of Playlist Wars, and the following Tuesday, we just started recording, and that's it's the way it's been ever since. So, you had How did that
1: idea like come about, Playlist
4: Wars? I'm oh, sorry, I think I cut you off. Bro. No, it's <laughs> Honest- what I was gonna honestly, to uh, on Tune Styles, we would have these discussions, and we kept kind of shifting the show's format into, was it a interview program? Was it a music commentary? Was it debate? It, it kind of had no focus. And that was kind of the beauty of it because a turnstile keeps spinning and it, it it's, it's constantly evolving. And that's where Tune Styles came from. It was a play on Billy Joel's Turnstiles album name. And it was basically a rotating list of topics that we would talk about whether it was an interview whether it was discussion whether it was debate and i felt that the show might have improved if we kind of honed in on one that we really liked and this was the topic i started pitching about i don't know two to three weeks before the show kind of dissolved because he got his job offer down south so i pitched the idea to gomez and said this would be it this is the show week by week and then the only difference would be We would do a results show every at the time. We had no idea how many episodes it took us through the first 20 when people started getting mad. They're like, we need results, man. So we said, "Okay, every 10 episodes, it is moving forward. And that's kind of how it evolved. And the show dynamics have changed over the year and a half. Where at first we were just kind of talking about why we picked the song. And over the year and a half, we started bringing in a little bit of the history of the song, some of the Billboard rankings, cover songs, ideas. And Gomez, who is more of a casual music fan, where I'm psychotic about it, he's more casual. However, he's psychotic about music and video games. He's all in on, I'm sorry, he's movies and video games, I should say, where he's just a nerd that loves looking up music, but he loves finding songs that have appeared in movies he likes or in video games he likes. So that's his niche. Mine is the pure music based. Half the times he talks about movies. I've never seen them because I'm too busy listening to music. And yeah, so that's a kind of a very long winded answer to your question. I apologize about that.
0: No, it's great. Uh, I love the history and it's a great like dynamic you guys have. Cause if you just had two intense music nerds going in on the deep cuts, you're now alienating maybe half your listener base. So that it works is pretty very,
4: well. very, very true. And that is, I think, why the dynamic actually works, because sometimes I'll put together a playlist and as soon as we hit stop on the recording, I'll just look at Gomez and be like, you won. <laughs> and he goes, how do you know? I said, because you had the right amount of eighties and I don't want to spoil what episode I'm talking about. Cause we just <laughs> released, our latest results episode, but this was recent. And as soon as we hit stop, I said, you won this one hands down. You picked the most songs from the eighties and there's no way my deeper cuts are going to stand a chance. And I was right. I didn't want to be right, but I was right.
1: (laughs) You just knew pretty much,
4: (laughs) you know, but the thing is, there's episodes where we'll finish And I'll be like, man, my playlist, just, I did not nail that one at all. And then I'll win the episode and I'll legitimately be shocked because people resonated with what I felt was either a discombobulated or maybe disjointed playlist because hindsight is always 2020 and our guests come on the show and they only have to do it once Gomez and I every week Are putting out a new episode so the focus is constantly shifting so whereas we don't have two months to prepare because we schedule so far in advance people would give them notice so they have two months to get their playlist ready and i have one week and i'm scrambling through somebody's discography going "Eh, maybe i like and and then i get into it and then for that week i've listened to these albums five six times each And at the end, I kind of just go with my gut. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. And I think the beauty in it lies in the fact that we're giving the guests more time because that gives them a better shot of coming into a show where they're the unknown third person to whereas I don't want to say Gomez and I have quote unquote fan bases, but we always know that there's certain people that no matter what we Go with, we think musically with them. And we know their thought process. So when I pick certain songs, I'm like, man, I know I'm going to get this vote for this one. (laughs) And Gomez knows the same thing where the guest comes in. He doesn't necessarily know where the other playlisters land. So to give them more time, I feel like evens the playing field. So that way it's a fair competition. I use quote marks because at the end of the day, really... It's just our opinions and they're all subjective. None of the three of us are right. None of the three of us are wrong. It's just a fun chance to have an open dialogue about these songs.
0: Yeah. And it's very fun to listen to. I know we, we did a, a pop punk draft with some friends a few weeks ago and, um, maybe a few days after it aired i'm sitting around at work thinking man i should have picked this album i forgot about this and it just sticks with you i i love the all the tidbits you guys add because it's not just i pick this album and then you move on to the next one does does a lot of do you do a lot of research how much is kind of off the cuff first like when you talk album sales do you You can't know all that off the top of your head, right?
4: (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, I wish I did. If it was my full time job, I would make it that point to learn all those tidbits. But I look up the album stats. I look up the Billboard rankings. I go to billboard.com and I search the songs. Cover songs, because I talk about those a lot on the show. Nine times out of 10, they're from, I have several thousand cover songs that I've ripped from my ridiculous CD collection over the years on a playlist. So most times they come from that one time out of 10, I'll be researching and be like, wait a minute, this person did a cover song and I'll have to like go down that rabbit hole. But the cover songs for me are off the top of my head. Whereas the details about chart rankings and stuff, I wish I knew, but I put the time in. So that way I'm not just saying, Hey, I picked this song. It's good because that could get very repetitive. So to be able to have kind of some talking points and some fun facts about the song that hell, especially if I didn't know it going in, I'm guessing maybe some of the other playlisters didn't. So if I found something interesting or fascinating about a song, my hope is that the people listening do too.
1: And Nick, to piggyback off that, I think like one of the most fascinating things about the show is like, not only do you give like the fun facts about the songs, but like, your show has like a ton of heart in it. Like you guys give personal stories that like really drives home, like what people love about music and what make, like why a certain song makes them feel a certain way. You guys like tell these incredible background stories of like how, like maybe like you met your wife through a song you heard, or like I was listening to the green day episode and like, I had that connection with green day. And I think that just gives like, you get like a little personal touch in there and it brings the listeners like coming back in weekend. In, week out to hear that
4: again. Yeah. That's something that kind of happened organically. Gomez and I made it a point at the beginning to not make this the Brian and Gomez show. We didn't want it to be us just waxing poetic about inside jokes between the two of us that nobody could relate to. However, when we do tell personal stories, we make sure to explain them so that way anybody can relate. Because there are certain times that him and I have stories together where we'll bring up a friend of ours and we'll explain who that friend is and why it's important to the song so that way anybody listening kind of understands but like the green day to me that's something where it was one of the first things I did was ask my wife to a green day concert and we had just met and cool. you know 4 weeks later <laughs> she's coming down from new hampshire to go see green day and blink 182 with me so to to not talk about it that on the green day episode felt Like, it would be very anticlimactic and not real of who, where these songs really relate to me. Because at the end of the day, one thing that has been one of our Achilles heels is people assume, because of our name being Playlist Wars, that people are going to come on and we're legitimately going to argue and fight over the songs, calling each other out, saying this song sucks, saying you're an idiot for picking this song. We that's kind of the opposite of what we do. Every topic we pick is something that both Gomez and I agree is something we enjoy. For Gomez, because I'm the music nerd, sometimes I'm pitching bands to him and he'll, he'll say, let me go down that rabbit hole. Let me listen. Because if I don't like it, I don't want to go into a show half-assed. So Eric Church was one of the first ones. I'm like, dude, I really want to do an Eric Church episode. He goes, I don't know a thing about him. Let me listen. Two days later, he came back. He goes, I'll do Eric Church. I'm digging this stuff. And he came out with 10 songs and beat the rest of the panel. And that's been his, like, Cinderella story since episode <laughs> two. But at the end of the day, he still had the, high, the kind of the, I don't know what the word would be, but the spidey sense <laughs> to hone in on what songs people would resonate the most as an Eric Church newbie, and that played out in his favor. So it has to be a topic we like. And if somebody picks a song that we don't like, we could say, hey, we're not a fan of that song, but we're never going to trash the other person or make fun of them and make it like this thing where everyone's arguing over the songs. That's not what it's about because it's celebrating these songs. Because at the end of the day, people's votes on our playlists are just as subjective as our putting together the playlists. So it's opinions of opinions, and it's kind of this weird mm-hmm. circle. So the one thing we wanted to make sure the show never became was an argument that it's stuck with the fact that we'll lightheartedly joke with each other and have a little fun at the sake of certain songs or at the sake of each other, but it's all done in good fun and never maliciously. And I think explaining that to people sometimes makes them raise an eyebrow at first. But that's truly how we think the show is succeeding. Because when people come on, they say, wow, we were expecting a battle. And I said, no, it, it's, it, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, Playlist Wars and the battle of. Because at the end of the day, we're not really arguing about it because we know their subjective opinions. We love the artist. But if we don't resonate with a song and you, res, let's say, Brett, you chose a song that didn't resonate with me, but I, I, I love the artist. I'm not going to trash you for that. Your story is going to be part of your pitch for why it should have been voted for. I'd have to sell and it Nick, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You got to sell it. And sometimes the stories win the show. Sometimes the stories lose the show. So you got to be very careful
0: it's something I appreciate about your podcast is that positivity because it's something we kind of battle with here because we give our opinions on new albums old albums and if like for instance I saw a band the other day that I've been seeing for a long time and I didn't think they put on a great show and it, I felt like shitty saying that this band didn't put on a good show because I don't want to bring that negativity but I also want to be honest and it's kind of course. this this battle of trying to To still be sincere without without just trashing other bands or people's art.
4: That makes 100 percent sense. And put it this way on episode. I want to say it's five or six. The Battle of U2. I enjoy U2, but I'm not a mega fan. So when I put my playlist together, one of my top 10 songs and I will go to my grave with this one because I truly believe it is their cover of Christmas, baby, please come home from a very special Christmas album. Now, I see you both giggling. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I think it's a great Christmas song. <laughs> yeah, but Gomez and Chris, our friend from high school, they lost it. They were cracking up. They thought I was trolling them. And I said, no, I legitimately love this song. And it became the butt of a joke that ran through 30 episodes where people kept bringing it up. People on social media brought it up. And at the end of the day, I will still have that in my top 10 U2 songs playlist because of how it made me feel around the holidays. That was when I was my biggest U2 fandom was around that time. And it just sat perfectly in with my playlist. Most U2 fans went, come on. And I understand that. I knew I wasn't going to win by picking it, (laughs) but I had to be honest. I had to go with my my heart in that one. So I totally get that. Now, when it comes to trashing a band or an album. I will be honest if I don't feel an album's as strong as. But I'm not going to go into an album saying the riff on that song sucks.
0: No, I didn't like it because XYZ. But you don't want to just be blatantly malicious because that's not fun for
4: anyone. Yeah, and a lot of reviewers go down that road. A lot more in movies. But in some music reviews, they do kind of go down the path of trashing what they don't subjectively like now what i would do in that situation if i was critiquing a song on a new album let's say there was a few songs on shinedown's latest release that just (laughs) got released planet zero that were a miss for me yeah we yep Yep, however about that (laughs) in the scope of the entire album they made sense so The single, when it came out prior to the album being released, I said, I'm having a hard time hearing where they're coming from here. So I'm not going to say I don't like it, but it just doesn't hit yet. And then when you hear it in the scope of the album, it makes more sense because thematically Planet Zero to me is as much of a concept album for the state of the world in 2022 as Attention, Attention was to the state of people's mentality the year that album came out, mental health. That was kind of a running theme through the album. And I felt like personally attention, attention was slightly stronger to me, but I've only listened through planet zero twice. So six months from now that could totally change. So I'm not going to trash it because I'm just not there yet. When you don't have enough time to marinate on an album. Yeah. Yeah you know yeah, first impressions some, yeah
0: yeah you gotta some of the, some albums might hit you right away but some you might have to live with for a little and come around on later or not like it's it's all it's all relevant um some I, are slow cookers yeah <laughs> exactly um i wanted to ask about your podcast the the set of like rules you have for drafting these songs and the playlists Were has they have they changed over the years was it always the idea of if multiple people pick the same song, we all discuss it at once. Like, because I like, I love that. So
4: it's- Well, we yeah. did that from episode one. Because I think somewhere in episode one, the bow of Metallica, we had the same song and somebody, I don't remember who just said, oh, it's like a trifecta when the horses <laughs> come in. We all got it and we ran with it. And it didn't even dawn on us till about 20 episodes in, What happens if we get it all in the same number? What are we going to call that? (laughs) And we're like, oh, my God, that's a bingo. It didn't happen for a very long time. Let's just leave it at that. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, But when it happens for the first time on the show, it is a pretty big momentous moment in our little world. But it kind of came about organically. And the reason we said let's talk about it at the same time, just from a continuity perspective of the show, If I lead off with track one and I talk about the song for 90 seconds and then 30 minutes later, somebody picks it at track five, it almost feels like we've already talked about that, but now we're going back to it. And then if 20 minutes later, someone has it at track nine, we're now going back to that song a third time and it almost feels redundant. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we all talk about the song all at once, yes, we're kind of filling the board in all over the place but everybody can kind of hear everybody's arguments about that song and why it resonates with them all in one spot. So that's kind of how that part came about.
0: Yeah. I love that idea. It, it works very well.
4: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brian, like where did the idea from like, I guess to get the, the audience involved. Cause I feel like, I listen to like a lot of podcasts, but none really involved the audience in a way that I feel that you guys do. Like when you're listening, like you're like, Pretty much, you're writing down everyone's playlist. If you like, there's a B side that's picked and you never heard it before, you might like go back and listen to it before, like you vote. So, like, how did that all come together? Where like you knew you were going to leave this up to the
4: audience and kind of bring them, make them a part of the show as well as like you guys? That was the goal from episode one to have voting and, and have it be an opinion of opinions. That was one of like the bylines of the show at the beginning. And then we changed it to one topic, three playlists. You decide who's best. And that kind of sums up the show in less than 10 seconds. But we wanted to include people more than just voting. We didn't want it to be a one-way conversation where we just said our piece and then people voted and that was the end of the discussion. Because from episode one, people started saying to us on social media, I don't know why you picked blank. I don't know why you opened with blank. I don't know why you closed with blank. So the conversation was there. And as a music nerd, I have to respond and kind of get into that discussion with people. So we started putting out the topics the week before we record. And then people chime in on Twitter and I spend and Gomez hours going through everybody's comments writing the song name and the artist with their name and handle underneath it and putting them in alphabetical order. So that way, if 10 different people chime in on a song, we're not scrolling up and down in Twitter. When we're recording, I could just look at the the pick list and say, Oh, here are six other people as we call them playlisters who have chimed in with this song because the people that listen, are just as fanatical about crafting playlists and making mixtapes and burning mixed CDs like we did growing up. They're part of that mindset and that culture. So we want to make it very well known that the listeners are just as much a part of the show as we are, and it's just one big playlister family discussing it, and their feedback comes in the votes, but at the end of the day, they're also part of the discussion as well. So we always encourage people to call in and leave voicemails when we do a topic. Because if we could roll people in to talk about the songs themselves, great. We also like to give people shout outs that, that agreed with us or that disagreed with us. Because at the end of the day, none of us are right. So
1: <laughs> no, but you guys truly make it feel like a family, though. And it's like awesome to hear you like when you guys call out each person, it's, it's again, it's, I've never heard it before your show and it's,
4: One of my favorite aspects of it. That is kind of our goal is to build a community with this. Even when we reveal the results, we say thank you, but there's no like rubbing it in people's faces. There's no, because at the end of the day, the votes are kind of just part of this conversation. We're not, there's no belt that any of us are wearing. There's no bragging rights because all it is is opinions. And the conversation about the episode and about the songs is the takeaway from each episode. We want people to write into us and say, Hey, here are my 10 songs. I agree with you here. I disagree with you there. Not to say I'm right. You're wrong, but to say, I like the way you went with this. Here's the way I, and I will actually take the time when it's a band I love and people send in their top tens. I'll hop on my phone and pull up those ten songs in a row and play them and be like, oh, "I like where he went with it. and I'll actually respond saying, "Dude, I never thought of these two songs back to back. I love it and that's part of the conversation because the listeners are just as much a part of the dialogue as we are. We just happen to be recording it that's part of the fun of
0: playlists or burning CDs and stuff is that you're not just picking your' favorite songs off an album you're crafting an order and a flow and it adds
4: this whole extra dynamic to it. That is just real fun to work with. And that's to me is the most fun of the show is putting it together. And people have told us we sound like broken records when we talk about how hard it is to put it together. But when you have seven days and you have a catalog, like the Rolling Stones who have dozens of albums And you're going through dozens of albums with a seven day turnaround to pick 10 songs from a catalog of over 300 songs, where if you're a fan of the Rolling Stones, even if you like half of their songs, you still have to trim that down from 150 to 10. And you have to pick which ones like there's certain songs when we pick a band, I'll say, oh, my God, this is definitely kicking off my playlist. This is definitely ending my playlist. The other eight, I'll be sitting there 10 minutes before we're about to record going, nope, let me put this here. I think this song leads better into this. It, it sets it. And then the whole episode, you're explaining that. And you do sound like a broken record, but when you're crafting it and you're trying to tell a story so that the listeners vote for you and they kind of feel where your songs come from, it does add a layer of pressure. Yeah,
0: that kind of brings us nicely to the the playlist war we wanted to bring you on to kind of share with our listeners how you guys do it. And, um, each draft five songs. Um, Brett, do you want to introduce it? Cause this was your, yeah, your sure. idea.
1: So since it's, we're right in the middle of summer now, I figured we'd put together a nice summer playlist and with the rule being, it doesn't have to be like, there doesn't have to be summer in the title or a song about summer. It could be something you just enjoy listening to when it's hot out and you're in the backyard barbecuing or by the pool or whatever you're doing in the summer. So, we figured we throw together five tracks that have to go on our summer list no matter what occasion. So, with that, Brian, we'll let you do the honors and kick us off.
4: Oh, I appreciate that. I've never actually started a Playlist Wars episode because <laughs> we always throw to the guests. So awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about summer. And if you've ever listened to Playlist Wars, it is no shock that my favorite artist of all time is Tom Petty. I probably said it a 10,000 times across all the episodes. And when you think summer, you always think Tom Petty and I'm going with the second single from 1989's full moon fever. And I'm going with running down a dream. That song is the ultimate road trip anthem. That song starts that riff kicks in. You want to, Put the top down on your convertible, roll the windows down, turn it up, sunglasses on, wind blowing in your hair, and Tom just walks you through it or runs you through it. Technically, I should say (laughs) it's running down a dream. He's not moseying. Uh, The song reached number 23 on the Billboard US Hot 100, number one on the Billboard album Rock Tracks chart. For me, this song also has a special place in my heart because when I went to Super Bowl forty-two where the New York football Giants beat the undefeated New England Patriots. Tom Petty was the halftime performer. So I got to see my favorite artist perform at one of the greatest days of my life as a Giants fan, watching the David and Goliath story. He closed with this song. So to me, it instantly became one of my favorite Tom Petty songs, just for that story alone. And a little fun fact about it, if you own the CD, You got to listen to the CD in its entirety. The original pressing actually has a hidden track that is in the pre-roll of the track after running down a dream. So if you skip past the CD, you will not hear this. But if you're playing the CD from start to finish, right after the song ends, Tom will come on and say, hello, CD listeners, we've come to the point in this album, where those listening on cassette or record will have to stand up, or sit down, and turn over the record or tape. So, in fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin. Before we begin, side two. He pauses for a second, and goes, "Thank you." Here's side two. Fun little fact about Full Moon Fever Funeral on the MCD, and then cover songs because I do this on every Playlist Wars episode. In 2018, ZZ Ward covered the track for the theme to NASCAR on NBC. And in 2020, Lucinda Williams released a Tom Petty tribute album named after and including a cover of my track one, Tom Petty, Running Down a Dream. Love it. Great pick. Great pick. I actually had Tom Petty on my list
1: as well, but it wasn't that song. All right. What do you got? All right, Nick, you mind if I just jump in right now? Yeah, go for it. This was my track three, but I had Tom Petty, American Girl as my number three. Because I feel like in the summer, if you're in any bar or restaurant, there's like a live band that's probably covering this or it's like on over the loudspeakers. But it truly is a great summer song. Like, it just has that build and that energy. And it's one you roll the windows down for when you're driving down the shore. And I just feel like it captures, like, like, it doesn't really hit the same in the winter when I listen to that song but like in the summer the air is nice and it's not like you're not like totally sweating in the humidity but it's one of those songs that I feel like it just screams summer to me like whenever it's in so many of my summer memories as well over the years because of it always being played when I'm out so Tom Petty American Girl number three it's easy for me to slot it in right there.
4: Nice. Now I, now I want to know, do we have a trifecta? I'm sorry. I don't want to take this over. Like, it's, it's, no. it's ingrained in my memory. Do we have a trifecta? I'm sorry. We do not have a trifecta. Oh. <laughs> he gets Got the, the trifecta killing. Oh,
0: I foreshadowed it and everything. <laughs> so, so my first pick, I went with Rolling Stones, give me shelter off of let it bleed. That oh, yeah. that intro is just, when I hear those, those chords come in, I just know it's time to start cracking some beers and hanging out. It is just a fantastic build-up song. I know the lyrics aren't necessarily <laughs> the most upbeat in terms of what they're talking about, but that song just, it just makes me want to get the
4: party started. It just feels like summer's here. I love it. Oh my god. And coming from an album opener perspective. Pure fire. Pure fire. It's hard yeah. to beat. Be right? Oh my god. Honestly, in easily in my top 3 favorite Stone songs of all time. So, yeah. zero denying it. I just don't have any Rolling Stones on my <laughs> list of endless bands to choose from. <laughs> but I love that friggin' tune, man. That is a great pick.
0: Yeah, it reps. It reps.
4: So I did not have Rolling Stones Rolling, either. So. <laughs> I'm not even
0: like the huge, like I'm more like Beatles, Pink Floyd, but that Gimme Shelter just resonates. Like I just oh. love that song. It's, it's a monster. Such- yeah. I kick off so many playlists with that song. So it only felt right to, to put it here.
1: If Gomez was here, he'd probably bring up one of the movies it's in. Cause it, they, it's used <laughs>
2: exactly frequently right.
1: in films. So.
2: <laughs>
1: Especially Martin Scorsese movies.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So pick two. We go back to Brian. You're, you're the uh, expert Brett, here.
4: Well, Brett, I don't think if I, I, no, oh, I'm I didn't not, not fearing right. this yeah. in, but br- shouldn't Brett be doing number one right now?
0: Yep, the, yeah, somebody was my like,
4: number three, like right? I, I feel like I'm cheating, you guys. I'm not filling in the brackets here. I'm just doing this from <laughs> memory, so. You no, know you're, oh, right, you're, you're right. You're right. That was a good call.
1: <laughs> I got excited. Take it away, Brett. <laughs> All right, so. I have one out of left field here, but I feel like it's the perfect way to kick off a summer playlist and I might get judged for this one, but I don't care, but I'm going with lens steal my sunshine. This song, it's like dumping pop rocks and Coke, shaking it up, taking the top off. And that's just a summer song always. And forever will be. So I have some fun facts here on this one. So this track was originally released as part of the ghost soundtrack Mm -hmm. as it was released on June 22nd of 1999. Fun fact, there were a lot of songs from 1999 that almost made it onto my list, so I had to kind of diversify it a little bit, but we'll touch more on that later. And this song went on to reach uh, number three on the U.S. mainstream top 40, number nine on the Billboard Hot 100, and number seven on the U.S. adult top 40. And fun fact, with the loop in the song, that's actually uh, Andrea True Connections' More, 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 with that frequent doot-doot, that loops throughout the entire song, but like this one, I remember hearing it as a kid and it just like, it's so addictive and it came out like right in the heat of summer. So it's always going to be on summer playlist. And I still love the song, even though they were a one hit wonder.
0: It's a good pick. I, ha- I had to throw it on to-, to pick up on it. I won't lie. <laughs> oh, you don't definitely- know that one? <laughs> I know it now that I put it on. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely got those summer vibes for sure.
4: I was going to say there was no place you could go in the summer of 1999 and not, you could go to a funeral in the summer of 1999 <laughs> and that song was playing. It You're was everywhere, distance. everywhere. And if I'm not mistaken, they're one of those groups that might have had a follow up that actually charted, but because Steal My Sunshine, I, I might be wrong here though. Because I don't want to spend time researching it, but I almost feel like they had a song after that. And it's one of those snow situations where everyone's like, oh, it's Informer. But then they don't realize Girl, I've Been Hurt was another top 40 hit. And then they go, wait a minute. And then you go back and they listen to it. and They go, oh my God, that was the hit. Like, you don't even remember that might be happening here. (laughs) That might be. Maybe I'm wrong. I might. And here's the other thing. I in no way, shape or form. I always kind of give the thing. I will admit if I don't know something and this one, I don't know, but I want to say they had a follow. I just remember hearing this name for longer than steal my sunshine, but I might totally be wrong. And no, it's not on my list. <laughs> okay. That's my next question.
0: <laughs>
4: it's not on my list either. <laughs> All right. My nylon there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's okay though. That, Nothing that, wrong that with could, that. That yeah. could win you votes being on <laughs> it's that. It's very island, true. So, all right, so I guess for my track two then, if I'm doing this yep. round table yep. correctly, right. yep. <laughs> obviously I have to go country somewhere in my playlist. And I'm going to do it right here and now. Third single from 2008's The Foundation. I'm going with Zach Brown Band's Toes. Reached number 25 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number one on the U.S. Hot Country Songs chart. Honestly, and we talk about this a lot on the Battle of Zach Brown Band on that episode of playlist wars. Zach Brown band is meant for summer. They are a summer music band. Most of their tours are during the summer. And let's be honest. Sure. The lyrics are a little bit on the nose with the whole summer theme. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand, not a worry in the world, cold beer in my hand. I mean, I'll be honest. If I had that option, I would be on my iPhone doing this episode just sitting there with the ocean water in the background and i'd be like just mix it out of the recording or whatever i i think all three of us would be sitting on a beach right now if we could and i love the vibe and feeling of that song so i went with that for my track too that's a great one i kind of wish i
1: put that that might be an honorable mention for me now that you mention it
0: (laughs) yeah that's a great pick and it's just that song weeks of summer it, you it's hard to to hang out especially down the shore and not not have that song pop on at some point
1: it always makes you I'm happy when it's island. on too
0: yeah it's one of those songs makes you want to crack a beer sensing a theme so, here
4: <laughs> and, and being i'm on an island for that song what an island it is to be on because it's got my toes in the water and ass in the sand with my <laughs> Only pick of Zach Brown (laughs) band. Life is good today. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay, Brett. Number two. I do not have any Zach Brown
1: band. Did me track two or you track two?
0: I don't know. I threw off the order and now I'm very confused.
1: I was going to say, I think think it's you right now.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I, I am going in the theme of on the nose songs and also a cover for you. Can you guess it? Don Henley original, but the Atari's version, Boys of Summer. This song, when when me and my wife first started dating, she had this mix CD in her car and this song was on it. And it just, it takes me back to 2007, 2008, when we would be hanging out. And um, the song has lasted since then. It's always on. We played it at our wedding. Um, It's just an amazing summer song. I love that it's a little faster than the original. Um, they replaced the Deadhead sticker with the Black Flag sticker in their lyrics, and um, I think it it peaked at number two on the rock charts. Uh, Lincoln Park had it beat, but it's a fantastic song, fantastic cover, essential summer playlist song.
4: Could not agree more. I absolutely love that song. We have an episode of the Battle of Punk and ska covers. And I'll, I won't say where, I'll, I'll leave something to the imagination, but that's on my playlist. And we also have a battle of road trip songs that that song is on my playlist. And what goes better than a road trip, like I talked about with Tom Petty's Running Down a Dream. So I might have just killed two spoiled two songs from that episode. Sorry, folks. <laughs> but episode 18, if you want to check out the other eight, because I could tell you, at least from my list, those songs aren't on it. But you guys might mention them. So I might be giving away more of the farm with that one. But regardless, absolutely love the pick. It's the beginning of a great road trip playlist, though. Yeah, definitely. Nick, I, mean, I remember the
1: first time I heard that song on K Rock. Like, Nick, Brian, you remember K Rock too, back when it was around. I mean, I know we, it's back now, but like, I mean, like the the OG K Rock, yeah. if you will. Yes. And that they played that song the entire summer. What was that two thousand three? Yeah. 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 I could, I could, like, I kept listening to the radio all day long, just hoping they'd play it, like, because this was before, like, <laughs> Spotify and everything. So, obviously, I went out and bought the CD after
4: a while, but K Rock was my baby back then. <laughs> they also have another fantastic cover of Skid Row's I Remember You, if you haven't heard. Look up their cover of that. It's pretty badass. That's Punko's 80s, I think, right? That yeah, of? yep, yep. Yep, that's right. Also has Newfound Glories Heaven on it, which I love as well. That's a good one.
1: All right, we're up to my track two now, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I feel like I'd be doing my New Jersey heritage a disservice if I didn't mention this next artist, but I have to bring the boss in here. My track two is Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. That song, it's his first top 40 hit, which I didn't know until I started doing some research on the song. It peaked at number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100. And it's just a song like, you can just see like a summer night almost when it comes on. It's like, you're like late at night kind of like dealing with your thoughts or sit in the yard we have a couple beers and like the torches are lit and you're kind of winding down from a barbecue like Born to Run I feel like fits perfectly in that environment and it's just I can't get enough of the guitar in that song and it just if the guitar if Summer was a guitar riff I think
4: I'd pick it to be Born to Run (laughs) (laughs) yep Man, I feel like I should I should hand in my New Jersey card. I don't have the boss on my list. (laughs) Oh, no, (laughs) I legit feel guilty about that. Like, man, that's a great pick. That is a fantastic pick. And obviously, at some point, we understand we're a New Jersey based show. So a boss (laughs) episode is inevitable. Oh, of course. Um, But we're just kind of waiting on that one. Maybe a milestone episode, I think, for that. Or maybe we'll bring him on, the boss. I mean, you know, because we all know each other here in Jersey, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> all, well, loosely connected. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great pick, Brett. I, I don't. I don't have any Bruce.
1: All right. Is all it right. back to Brian for track three? Yeah.
4: Yes, because Brett, you had Tom Petty, "American Girl" for track three. That's right. right. Yeah. All right. So for my track three, I guarantee nobody has it. If you do, we've just become best friends like in Step Brothers, (laughs) but the album's not even out yet. And I'm going with the latest single. This is my summer song for 2022. The latest single from The Interrupters called In the Mirror. Currently, my youngest daughter's favorite song. And after seeing the band last week at the Stone Pony, seeing her up on my wife's shoulders, singing along with every word of this song with her hand up in the air, losing her nine-year-old mind it just i i, I welled up during the song and it's a fun happy upbeat song that you just want to dance to but i'm watching her sing all the words just rocking out and it just felt so great as a parent i turn around my older daughter is behind me singing along and dancing so this song instantly that memory is just burned in my head and the interrupters are up and coming they're on hellcat records Maybe in the mainstream. In the punk scene, they're very well-known. Last year, they opened the Hella Mega Tour, which was Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day. The Interrupters were the opening band. So they got a lot of exposure. Their new album, Into the Wild, I think is what's going to break them mainstream. I really, really do. They're a brilliant blend of second-wave ska and punk. The music is infectious. You want to sing along with every word. And this song, it's a little more pop-leaning than some of their other stuff. But I think that's good because it's a gateway to get people that are not necessarily punk fans or two-tone ska fans into that sound. And I think it's a great introduction. Uh, it, right, It's on several Spotify playlists right now, as well as the new rock singles on iTunes, Spotlight. So the album drops early August. I've been preaching praises to this band for months on social media. I would love to get them on sometime. I think they're going to be one of the ones to look out for in the next few years. So my track three is the interrupters in the mirror. Scott's not dead. <laughs> I know what I'm deep diving at work tomorrow now. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Cause I've been telling so many people and I'm sitting there when I give a recommendation to people, people don't realize when I send it, I don't mean like, hey, whenever you have a chance. I mean like, I'm waiting for your response. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> so now that you said that tomorrow, I'm going to be messaging you. Oh, Twitter. I will definitely let like, you know. What do you think? <laughs> where, where are we at? Interrupters. Give me 10. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I can't wait to listen. It sounds like they're, I don't know how I haven't heard of them before. Like It sounds like everything like right up me and Nick's
4: alley. Considering some of the songs you've talked about, I, I, I've when people say, I don't know the Interrupters, I say, think of Joan Jett singing for the english beat and they have a documentary that's on youtube called this is my family it's a concert from tokyo and she meets joan jett and explains how big of an influence joan jett is on her and then when you listen to those songs and you put those two together she's in no way shape or form an imitation of joan jett she just when i'm introducing it to somebody who doesn't know the band i use that as like a here's somebody you know that you might be able to grasp onto to kind of entice you to check them out. And the more people I could get to check out the interrupters right now, the better. I think they're going to be that big one day.
1: And they have the approval of Fallout Boy, Weezer, and Green Day too.
4: So that's even more ammo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're on the right path.
0: Oh, That's great. We got to keep an eye out for sure. Definitely going to dive in tomorrow. All right. for my third pick I am going with memory by sugar cult nice um, that's a good one I remember being I must have just been just been in high school maybe even still eighth grade and me and my friend were digging through his older brother's CD collection and by the grace of God we pulled out palm trees and power lines and I'm so glad we did because that album is perfect head to toe and it just, it's just is such a fun song it's it's a song that any cover band worth their salt of the 90s, 2000s is gonna, is gonna bring out at a show. So I, I'm still making memories with this song to this day. And it just, it makes me think of Summer. Summer's in LBI, Summer's as a kid. Here, um, yeah, Sugar Cult, can't go wrong with memory. It's a monster of a song.
4: Having played in a New Jersey cover band for many, many years, before I went out and started doing the acoustic thing I do now. Yes, every <laughs> I think it's a law. I think you can't go into a bar like you're not playing memory. Get out. You're, you're fired. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a staple. and I, I love the song. If you're a fan of the song, make sure to check out Punk Goes Acoustic. I think it is. There's yeah. an acoustic cover of Memory on there. It's tuned down a half a step, I think, or a full step. But it works so well acoustically. It's gorgeous. So highly suggest checking that one out. Sadly didn't make my list but 1000% I understand why that would make a summer playlist. Yeah. That's amazing song.
0: The kick drum comes in and then you got that guitar riff and it just uh it's got a nice little solo in there, nothing too crazy. It's just very well-rounded fun song. And that album is so good. <laughs> I still put that album on.
1: That song was everywhere too when it came out.
0: Mhm. Yeah,
3: it's a pop
1: punk, pop punk monster. All right, we All know right. My, my track three was Tom Petty, American Girl, so I'll throw it to Brian for uh, track four.
4: Okay, well, my track four now, coming from a song from 2022, I wanted to go back a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit. And I'm going back to 1964 for a song written by Kenny Young and Arthur Resnick, but recorded and made famous by the Drifters, and it's Under the Boardwalk. Reached number four on the Billboard US Hot 100. And in 2010, the song ranked number 489 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. We are from New Jersey, all three of us. The Jersey Shore is part of our lineage, if you want to call it that. And even though this song is not specifically about the Jersey Shore, I hear the song and my mind instantly is taken to Seaside Heights as a kid, to Wildwood as a kid. And in my teens and in my twenties going down there with my now wife, the song just sits with me. And my father was part of a used car club and I'm sorry, used an old car club growing up where people would restore old cars and we'd go to swap meets and, and car shows. And I heard oldies music all the time. And this was always in the mix. Unbelievably beautiful song. And then cover versions. We talked about them earlier. Rolling Stones in the same year covered the song for their 12 by 5 album. And John Mellencamp released the track as a B-side to his ROCK in the USA single. And even with the B-side status, his version reached number 19 on the Billboard Top Rock Tracks chart. And then the song has also been covered by Sam and Dave, Los Lobos, Bruce Willis. Yes, Diehards, Bruce Willis, and the Beach Boys, just to name the few. But obviously, none of them, including the Stones, top the original by the Drifters. My track four is Under the Boardwalk. That's the perfect throwback track
1: for a summer playlist. And now I'm mad I didn't think about that one.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's on the nose. I get it. But man, you could go on the boardwalk in the winter time. It just won't feel the same. That song feels like summer to me. It does,
0: especially the Jersey Shore references, and just
4: oh it, yeah, it just
0: takes you right there.
4: You can almost taste the hot dogs and French fries they sell. Like you could, <laughs> there's not many songs you could smell, but when they say that, I smell those French fries in the peanut oil. Like I, I that's just <laughs> they're ingrained.
0: Okay, so I guess it's it's my fourth pick. It is. I'm gonna go with The Spins by Mac Miller. This song, wow. this this mixtape came out right when we graduated high school. He was graduating high school. It was huge. It it samples um Empire of the Suns half mast, and it's just this this upbeat kind of like synth part. And the song is just it's just him daydreaming about becoming rich and famous which he would later go on to do and it's just an upbeat song by a kid with his whole life ahead of him us with the the summer ahead of us like it just feels free and i wanted to get a little a little hip-hop on my playlist and who better to do it than Mac? so the spins
4: pick four it's a fantastic pick <coughs> excuse me it's a fantastic pick i have hip-hop in my playlist I just don't have that. (laughs) So that's all I'll say for now. Now I'm feeling bad. I forgot hip hop too.
1: (laughs) 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 All these good ones. Well, that's what happens when it's broad. Like there's so many different ways you can go with it, which brings me to mine, which, so I really didn't like the song for years, but it's grown on me over time and it just, this song just has such like a memory attached to it. Like I just hear this song and it takes me back in time. And I just see like summer camp as a kid and just summers like in my childhood. But this pick is LFO's summer girls. So it has like a whole different like feeling now that like two of the members have passed away, Rich Cronin and Devin Lima. Uh, but it's still, it's such of a time and it still sounds great today somehow. And I think I just disrespected it at the time because it was like, oh, another boy band's out here. But no, like it's actually a really good song, surprisingly. Well, not surprisingly. It's Again, it's all subjective. But (laughs) the song dropped on June 29th, 1999, went on to peak at number three in the Billboard 100. And in 2019, Billboard actually ranked it as the 43rd greatest song of 1999. It was a huge song back then. It's really catchy. And fun fact, Chinese food would actually make me sick because I have a peanut allergy, so I have that connection to it as well.
4: Oh, man, and I just talked about the French fries on the boardwalk. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, no, I can't eat
1: those.
0: <laughs> Damn, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's messed up.
0: Canola oil, we're good. <laughs> That's a good oh, pick. Man. That That song must have been on a Now CD. It, it was. feels it definitely like a Now was. CD hit.
4: <laughs> Yeah, it's a definite... I didn't go with any boy bands on mine, but Look, anybody that says they're too cool to enjoy a couple of... Like, to me, a good pop song is a good pop song. That's what it was. And I'm sorry, but the Backstreet Boys, New Kids on the Block, Sync, and then on the other side of the spectrum, the Spice Girls, they all had catchy pop songs. They did. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't hear Wannabe and you're not bobbing your head a little bit, I mean... There's nobody that like if someone says I'm too cool to like the Spice Girls, I'm like, come on, Zebrahead covered the Spice Girls. They rock. It's a great song. I'm sorry. So I totally get it. But my track five is a little bit of a different direction.
0: What if you worked at a grocery store and heard wannabe 10 times a day for a decade and now you hate it more than any other song? Is that allowed? Uh,
4: I think that I think I would any that could be any song. That could be the greatest song in the world. That could be tribute by Tenacious D. And he, no, no. no matter what song it is. I'll
0: never hate the D. No, Wannabe, I, I passionately hate and I stand by it. <laughs> it's funny that you went to that one. <laughs> We've brought it up many times. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Spice Girls. I, just can't I it. respect it, though. So. It's only half the show.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Nick, if you hate it, show. though, look up Zebrahead's cover. Because I see you like <laughs> pop punk in your playlist. Yeah, Their cover is absolutely amazing. All right. Amazing.
0: That could be my compromise. <laughs> yeah. but my wife wants to put on wannabe, I'll go to the Zebrahead cover. Dude, I, I, I'd be very curious what you think about it, considering
4: how much you load the original. So. <laughs>
0: So where are we at in the, how do you keep track of these? When you do them?
4: (laughs) I keep them. I keep a document open and I'm typing them in at all times, but being we're only doing five. Yeah. I think I'm up now. Yep. You are. I'm keeping,
1: I'm keeping my running doc over here. Okay. All right.
4: right, So like I said, I got one hip hop song and it's the last song of the night. So I'm going back to 1991 for this one. I've talked about this song several times on playlist wars, and I'm going to say two words right now. When I say those two words, you're going to know exactly what song I'm talking about, hopefully. Or I'm going to really age and date myself and feel like a complete idiot for a second. So, drums, please. And I'm going with 1991's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Summertime. Yes. (laughs) Look, I'm not TMZ. I'm not a gossip magazine. I don't care what happened. I am not letting that situation take away from the 30 years of prior love that i have for this song so i still have to represent it the first time i heard it in 1991 i was a freshman in high school and the song just i'm like i went out and bought the cassette single immediately i'm like i need this song in my life and a decade later when hip-hop was in a different direction that song every that song would come on in the summer and everybody would be like leave that on You know, at that point, it was Eminem and and Jay-Z. So hip-hop was in a totally different direction, but this song still hit. 2011, different version of hip-hop. This song still hit. 2021, last summer, I put it on, and I'm still feeling it. It reached number one on the U.S. Hot R&B and Hip-Hop Songs chart, as well as number four on the Hot 100, which is their highest-charting single. Won them a Grammy Award. And in 2013, Rolling Stone magazine placed it at number nine in its best summer songs of all time. So I can't argue with that. It's in the name and it's awesome. So my last track, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Summertime. What a closer. That's a great one.
3: That is
1: great closer. (laughs) Great show growing up, dude. Oh, yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the new one, though, on NBC. I've heard good things.
1: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I
4: remember. It looks it serious, out.
1: so that's why I've like been avoiding it. It's like I don't really want a dramatic telling of the Fresh Prince. <laughs> like I love like the the sitcom version. So.
4: Yeah, I like when jazz gets thrown out the door. And... <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> All right. So for my fifth pick, I might I might alienate myself here, but I had to put them on because they are my summer band. Spice Girls. Free by Fish, <laughs> off Billy Breeze. Yes. <laughs> Fishes my summer band. I follow them like they are a sports team in the summer. I listen to every show. I want to know what they're doing, what they're doing well, what songs they're pulling out, how long they're ripping on them. I absolutely love Fish, and it wouldn't be summer without them. Um, Free just, it, it opens with just like a huge C chord and then it comes into this nice bright riff and then it has lyrics like splashing in the sea and all these nice like summer vibes and you just put this song on, roll down the windows and just breathe in the air. And uh, I just love this band. I love this song. So that's so I'm going to round out my playlist with a nice big
4: jam. Wow. I love that pick, dude. I'm a huge Fish fan. Yes, And my wife and I, she is responsible for it. <laughs> because when I was driving home, because she was from New Hampshire and I was from New Jersey, I'm like, I need some new music to listen to. Cause we were long distance relationship for the first year we were together. She handed me farmhouse. So if I was picking a song from fish for this list, I would have went with heavy things oh, just because one. that song. Every time I hear it, I'm back in my car. It's 20 years ago. My wife and I are just dating and I'm driving back and forth, listening to farmhouse and falling in love with fish. Uh, so I am a big fan of the band. And now I'm actually kind of jealous. So if we were doing honorable mentions, that's my pick for tonight. Oh, Sorry, go. Brett, I don't know what... <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> but I got to go with that one just based on that story from my wife. So love it, love it, love it. is yes. fantastic. You could do Song I Heard the Ocean Sing. Yeah. I the mean, lizards, you could do... You could, oh,
0: there's so many good ones. Even
4: their new stuff, Sing uh, Sigma Oasis or Sing Monica from the new albums. Yeah. Even though they feel a little bit more like Trey Solo stuff. Yeah, yeah they still work really, really well as fish songs. So
0: yeah, they just, they're just like the summer band for me. I, Let me know
4: when you're doing a fish episode. I want in. Yes.
0: We're, we're amassing a fish army. Cause we have one other guest who wants in for a fish episode.
1: <laughs> and Nick well, slowly teaching me the ways of fish. I'm yeah. very new to the band still, but
4: I like everything. Farmhouse so far. start with farmhouse. Farm
0: okay. Start with Atlantic city, August 7th, this next month. <laughs>
4: Yeah, see, you can't. You you see, that's the thing. When I've tried to introduce people to jam bands live, it's been harder for me than introducing people to the music first and then the jam band. So, a band like Mo, which is another one of my favorites, I have to hand people the No Doy CD and say, listen before you come see them with me. Because ah. if you don't like the 11-minute version of Rebubula on the album, <laughs> you're sure as shit ain't going to like the 27-minute version they do in concert. So that's fair warning. <laughs> so Farmhouse. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's I think that's the, okay. that's the shortest songs, very pop-friendly. And yeah. I think it's kind of like Trey Anastasio had an album out a few years later called Shine. It was their most mainstream sounding album I would think even though there's some weird moments on it they don't go hard on the weird on this album
0: yeah that's very true and I think a lot of people who might not really know Fish will know the song Farmhouse for sure because that got pretty big as far as like radio hits go for them yeah. Um, yeah I'd also recommend Picture of Nectar that was the one that got me into them I but love that's that. a little a little sillier maybe or a little more right, I got weird. two to check out now <laughs> yeah along with the
1: interrupters that's gonna be a good day tomorrow oh
4: yeah, oh, yeah. we expect full <laughs> i expect full twitter threads song I'm by song ready. man
1: <laughs> but with that i'll get to my last song track five so what better way to send out my playlist than yellow cards ocean avenue mainly Ooh, God, i take this one it. because i want that electric fiddle to just fade out and end my playlist but mostly it's just such a Again, getting back to the Jersey thing, like how many Ocean Avenues are there in New Jersey? Like I can't even count them all <laughs> with how many I there are. We're, I so, think
4: we're each at one right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> but like even hearing that, I just like it always reminded me of home. And it, I know they're probably talking about somewhere on the West Coast, but it still felt like a very New Jersey song to me and was really familiar with where I grew up. And the song surprisingly dropped on December 15th of 2003 of all times. And then it went on the chart at number 13 on the mainstream top 40 number 37 on the billboard top 100 so this song was massive when it came out it's the one that like it's the album and song that led me to yellow card and i followed them until their career until their time as a band came to an end but now i think they're back again kind of we'll see but yellow card ocean avenue set closer playlist closer this is the song for me for the summer
4: I love that pick, man. That's another great one. That is fantastic. Had I not gone with the interrupters for the new song, I was going to have something pop punk or ska in that spot. That would have easily been a contender. And that I also think the acoustic version on the Ocean Avenue revisited album they put out.
1: That's a great acoustic album. Is
4: a beautiful version as well, because you really hear the melody. And that song, the melody shines. That's why it was such a big hit. It was a pop song with this punk underlay. But then when you listen to the acoustic version, you hear the pop element of the song come out and those gorgeous harmonies. The the, the violin is so perfect. I love the fact that they incorporate a violin into punk. Pop, punk, whatever you want to call it. It works so well. And Colburn and Company has been blessed to be able to play with a violin player for the last six years. And believe it or not, I don't know why the hell we haven't put Ocean Avenue in. (laughs) May- Probably because I yeah, can't you know. hit the high notes of the chorus, but <laughs> and I know the drums are there.
1: pretty nasty too on
0: the song. Oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, it's I uh, still don't I, know how he plays that fast. <laughs> I definitely checked that song out too. And then I thought, like, is there because it's not even necessarily my favorite on the album, but then when I was looking at the rest of the album, as far as a summer song goes, like that's it. That's yeah. like way away, breathing, great songs. But if you're picking a summer song, it's gotta be Ocean Avenue.
4: Yeah, Only One is a fantastic song. But it doesn't remind me of summer. It almost reminds me of winter, that one. Yeah. I, I don't know That's why. That's definitely a winter
0: song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had our friends walk down the aisle at our wedding to a strings version of Only One. And then I saw someone mention the other day, it's, it's actually more of a heartbreak song. But there weren't lyrics, so I'm standing by
4: it. <laughs> <laughs> and... They also do a fantastic cover of Michelle Branch's Everything from one of those Pop Goes Punk albums. So if you haven't heard that one, that's another one to definitely pull out and look up. Great
1: use of violin on that one too. Perfect, like,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, well,
0: Brian, we know you gotta, you gotta go, um, but we wanted to thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. You're welcome back anytime. If you ever want to just talk music or whatever, there's a new album you're psyched about. Come on and chat about it. We Oh, love to hell have yeah,
4: guys. You have no, trust me, this has been an absolute blast. I love talking music with people, especially the fact that we're neighbors here in Jersey. I think it's amazing. Had a great time. Anytime you guys want, let me know. Hell, maybe after In the Wild comes out for the Interrupters. We could talk about that. If you guys like yeah. it. I know you're going to like it, but I don't want to set the bar too high, so... They're all right. They're all right. (laughs) I think we can start planning that one. I feel like we're going to like them. Plant the seed there. Uh, But I I thank you guys so much for having me on and sincerely appreciate the conversation we had tonight. So thank you guys very much. Thank Thank you, Brian.
1: Next time we have you on, we'll have you tell us on why people should still be buying CDs as well. We didn't get to get to that tonight. (laughs) Oh
4: God, that's a whole other topic. We could do a whole episode (laughs) on that right there and then alone.
1: Which I'm fascinated to hear your answer for. So definitely next time. Okay, you got it. It's a date. Beal. It's a deal. <laughs> I should say,
4: deal. Yeah. my wife would kill me. I'm not allowed to date other podcasters. Right Mine would too. So. <laughs> uh,
0: thank you so much, Brian. This has been hey, awesome. Thanks, Brian. We'll talk to you thank- soon. Good luck Sounds with uh, good, uh, everything Take care. you
4: got going on. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And same to you.
0: And we are back. Thank you to Brian. That was awesome. A lot of Like and subscribe play- to Playlist Wars. ASAP. Yeah. yeah, great podcast. Really been enjoying it. Um, yeah, he's the man, dude. When he was uh dropping like knowledge bombs on his songs, I'm like, Oh, I better start Wikipedia and things. <laughs> he doesn't mess around, he knows his stuff. No, I'm like, oh, you guys are both doing billboard results. I think I got like one.
1: <laughs> That's right. After listening to his episodes, I'm like, I have to be really,
0: really prepared for this playlist. So yeah, you are ready. I basically did exactly what i talked to him about that wouldn't work i'm just like i like these songs because they're good <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but then he uh, got into why that does work though because sometimes the personal story wins yeah. the
0: votes yeah they have a good like back and forth with him and gomez like two different sides of the music fan yeah that was fun um i believe we'll be back he, on yeah yeah and hopefully we can uh go on theirs because that would Pretty cool. I liked his idea for teams. Me and you could tag team like
1: Blink Draft. Blink Blinker tool, Brian. Blinker
3: tool.
0: That'd be awesome. Um, you had a a topic you wanted to bring to the table. I did because I was curious if this
1: was just me or if anyone else ever has this thought, but for giving two weeks notice to a job, is there a certain song that you go to automatically? And is there a certain scale for what songs should be played for giving notice, depending on
0: experience <laughs> at said job? If you hate the job that you're leaving, you might play different songs than if you're going to miss the job you're leaving. Exactly. <laughs> well, I thought exactly. There's one really obvious answer that just has to be the top one. <laughs> I hope you have it because I know I have it. I'll let you go first. I mean two weeks by all that remains
2: <laughs> wow
4: i know do it?
1: know it i do know it but i can't believe i didn't think of that one <laughs> yeah. i'm more mad at myself right now than i am
0: that's the- oh man that's the perfect one. <laughs> i could see it as you turn to stone still clear as i hear you say don't leave don't give up on me two weeks and you ran away
1: (laughs) oh man i should have played that one that's
4: the (laughs) yeah another fun one
1: is if you don't (laughs) like the job george michael's freedom
0: or is it rage that has a song where they just scream freedom for a while
1: it is that's the last track on uh the self-titled
0: yeah i do that one too How's the, is that the same song? Is it a George Michael's cover? I know how these heavy bands like to cover George Michael's. No, that's a,
1: that's a Rage original. Freedom. Oh, yeah, I know this uh, The did cover George Michael, though. They yeah. covered B. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you got to have freedom! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could just picture this playing as you, like, strut out the door. Freedom? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Get like a choir to follow you out
0: that's a great one um another one i had was um, uh, man overboard by Blink. so sorry it's over that's a great one too <laughs> you made a
1: great point though that a lot of these can cross over with breakup songs
0: yeah it's true you know yeah because you might miss your job or you might be like fuck you I'm out
1: of here. Might play like vitamin C's graduation if
0: you're As really, we really go gonna miss your
2: job.
0: <laughs> uh be go on. Um what what other? Did <laughs> you have others?
1: I had uh, where's my little playlist here?
0: <laughs> uh, all right, I'll say another while you look that up. Um this is for after your two weeks are up. Why don't you get a job by the offspring? That is a good one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those are my job songs. <laughs> goodbye to you michelle branch <laughs> uh,
0: it sounds like you're gonna miss this job brett
1: <laughs> i'll Was answer that? that someday in the future <laughs> you know how to in, in, incre, increment is that a word yes yeah <laughs> last day is next thursday which is uh, how this topic came up i'm starting a new we job go go
0: on, We remember. you could play second sucks for your new job not your first choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have Too many, too many job songs. There's definitely like Ever Changing by Rise Against is like a killer breakup song.
3: That's a great breakup song. I could probably apply to a job if you wanted to. If you wanted to
0: just besmirch the song by applying it to corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> I would never everything rise against <laughs> is against <laughs> uh without Oh, me. Uh,
1: composure august burns red oh ha- uh, goodbye to the past you've got your whole life to lead
0: oh that's a that's nice it's a nice hopeful one i'm gonna go uh without me eminem you could play that to your old job that you're giving two weeks to it's true <laughs> that's a good one <laughs>
1: <laughs> now that i'm playing it into my headphones like this is this is definitely a great one
0: this whole segment is just me singing songs <laughs>
3: uh yeah it's not
0: i've never thought to apply songs to job transitions before but
1: or hating your job like the year of a dead man tape my life
0: yeah there you go (laughs) hopefully it doesn't apply to your new job no hopefully it applies to your old job that you gave two weeks to
1: (laughs) it's like i hate my job my boss is a dick is what he says in the song right (laughs) i used to love that song when i came out
0: it's the resignation letter over guitar
1: (laughs) so sick of the hobos always begging for change (laughs) i don't like how they got to work and I don't like how I got to work and they just sit around and get paid. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, you have a dead man. Remember that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think I Still saw around. them. I think I saw them last year. My, me and my uncle went We went to see Buckcherry at Starland. You really wanted to go to Buckcherry, and I couldn't leave him hanging. And I think Theory of a Dead Man. Opened, no, I'm mixing up shows. I saw 10 years opened for Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, okay, it was post COVID, and they just really wanted to tour because I'm like, You guys have been headlining for over a decade. Why am I seeing you open right now? I was gonna say,
1: Buckcherry and Theory is like the hey, remember tour. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Buckcherry was pretty good though. I gotta say, I was kind of like reluctant to go to that, and uh, they put on a good show. The lead singer is like this, like thin dude just covered in tattoos who loves his cocaine
1: (laughs) (laughs) and crazy bitches
0: (laughs) yeah that was a fun sorry my friend's band who I work with uh they're called the fuzz I don't know if they're still a band but they opened and what they were doing was they weren't opening on the tour but I learned that bands do this they'll just hit up local venues and be like oh you have a show this night do you want another band to open and sometimes they get a yes so it's like you'll just get a random local band just kick it off it's kind of cool
1: like that contest lit was doing right
0: yeah i wonder whatever happened with that i i guess cold weather kids didn't get it because i never saw anything Well maybe they
1: didn't announce it yet or were they supposed Uh, to i don't know it's been like three months
3: (laughs) two weeks (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, I
1: feel like right. I've done. I feel like I've always gone to like a certain song before giving notice, or then like after notice when it's finally off your chest. And there's also songs going into the new role too, like we kind of mentioned as well. But I'm glad that's not just me. It's yeah, a thing people do.
0: I got another one. Um, "Free" by Kid See Ghosts. Remember the Kanye Kid Cudi album? I feel I free. That, <laughs> that album was great. I really I listened to the shit out of that album.
1: That was good. That was when um it was right after uh, the push at ep was really good too. Yeah, they came out
0: at the same time. Was there beef or was that Drake and Pusha T? I think it it was Drake and
1: Pusha. Yeah, I can't keep up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that that album was good. Connie had a good little run in like his later years. Then I kind of fell off on uh very crazy. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like he's due. Shouldn't he be? Talking about releasing an album by now. <laughs> Did he put it out last year. Not releasing it, but just talking about it. What was the one that had that said like uh by bi- being bipolar sucks or something like that? I love it, I hate it. I don't remember. It was some like he
1: put Donda out last year.
0: Yeah, Donda, I didn't love the one before that was all right. But the mountains on it. I can't think of the name of that album.
3: But his spotify picture is just a black oh, yay. circle he
0: mm-hmm. has no song. man he's crazy
3: yay
0: with that album oh because that's the donda cover is just black there was jesus's king and donda i didn't really get into either of those too much yeah you're right Yay! that that one was it was good but it wasn't it's hard to follow life of pablo that album was really good
1: that album going to always have a special place in my heart. That was like yeah. my summer album of I listened to the shit out of that album. Oh,
0: yeah. And I, I, that was back when I had like a 20, 30 minute commute from my office. So like a Friday getting out of work, I would just put that on and just like go nuts in my car. Honestly, that might, I think that's my favorite Kanye album. I know that's like blasphemy because it should be college dropout or late registration, but I don't know. I, I really like Life of Pablo. What can I say? great album
1: it really was and i had
0: this version that like leaked so i had it like downloaded to my spotify or something like that and eventually after like a couple of years the, my downloaded file stopped working so i was just listening to the actual version and there was a bunch of different stuff like the verse in ultralight beam was different there was just different like lyrics and other songs so i guess i had like an unfinished album
1: I think he was also like constantly editing it too and like re uploading it. Cause I remember.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm a fix. Wolves. Song he did with uh... <laughs> Said, I'm a fix wolves <laughs> as soon as he released it.
1: Well, yeah, that was it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Ultralight Beam, there's a. Uh, I think famous. He had the line like, go to school to be a real estate agent. But like the version I had said something else.
1: And then he added St. Pablo, right? Because didn't it end with fade originally?
0: yeah oh that song is such a banger
1: your love is fate
0: i feel it <laughs> <laughs> and i'm gonna i gotta put that on this weekend <laughs> what a great album it's a shame he's like crazy i don't know he's crazy but like he hasn't been in the news lately so maybe he's maybe that's a good sign
1: hopefully
3: yeah
0: did you see? uh <laughs> it wouldn't be a. A gen admission episode. If we didn't talk blank, did you see they're back in the studio? Legit, legit. Mark put up an Instagram story of a bunch of Ernie ball strings and he said, Back in the studio. So I don't know any other way to interpret that (laughs) with Tom. That's the question. And then there's all these rumors going on like, are they going to tour as a four piece if Tom comes back? And then if Tom comes back and they don't tour as a four piece, will they play? Anything off California and Nine? I don't know. Maybe bored to death. Maybe songs that just Mark sings.
1: I really like Nine too. I thought Nine was a great album.
0: Yeah, I I didn't listen to that as much as California,
3: but well, both of
1: I, both of them are pretty good. Yeah, I'm also an Alkal- alkaline trio fan, so I feel like that kind of yeah folds in naturally for me, which might be harder for some.
0: Yeah, no, nine was good. They were they were both, as far as like a band this late in their career. There's there's still enjoyable albums that I listened to a lot when they came out. I don't really go back to them too much. Maybe some songs, but like if I'm putting on Blink, I'm probably not putting on those two. But sometimes I want to listen to like San Diego and like some
3: of those or. Los
0: well, Angeles.
3: No, it's San Diego. That was the name. You're right, San Diego. That's because
0: that's the one that's like all about the band. So it has that nice little uh, nostalgia cynical. factor. Cynical. It was
3: like
1: the album opener.
3: Oh, yeah. There's a cynical feeling.
1: Yeah. Kings of the Weekend is great, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. California was fun. What year was that? Uh, 2016. 2016? Damn. <laughs> Long time
0: ago, so weird. Uh,
1: <laughs> that was the same summer yeah. as Play for Pablo, so we're just pretty much doing a summer 2016 <laughs> little, little 2016 segment 16. right
0: now. <laughs> what other 2016 <laughs> <laughs> albums are there?
1: Pup was that summer too.
3: Uh, as if this one? tour doesn't kill you. Uh, that's solid. Those are three Weezer white albums. Oh, that was when we saw them. Yep. Yeah. And coloring books
0: since we were just talking about Chance. But his verse on Ultralight beam is still like probably my favorite thing from him. Oh, it's so good, that verse. Yeah. And it's so cool, like from Kanye. Like, I'm going to have the first song on my album not even have me rap on it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's like a big baller move.
1: The bold move. Yeah. Oh, bad vibrations to remember was 2016 too Ooh,
0: man that album rocked seeing them soon so wait you're coming to that that'll be it yeah okay and you're not coming to rise against correct and you are totally coming to fish confirmed i wish
1: i'm gonna be no. like full-on hooked by like august 6th probably at this rate
3: uh, i'm gonna have so much fun just sending you so much stuff
1: (laughs) i just played it all day when i was at work and it just made the day that much better
0: yeah yeah my car is like i basically pay for sirius xm just to have fish radio because they just always play shows summer tour picks back up tomorrow actually they're uh where do they kick off
3: um let's see
0: the wharf amphitheater where's that Oh no, no, that's where the whole tour started. Tomorrow is 714 Xfinity Center. That sounds that sounds like Massachusetts, Mansfield. Oh, I think people call that the man, unless I'm just like combining venues. Sounds about right. But yeah. They have an app. I won't, I promise I won't talk about fish for 10 minutes, but they have an a live fish app. So like I think it's five bucks a month. And um, you can listen to the show the very next day. So, like, they play tomorrow on 7.15, Friday, I guess. I get to listen. And then, like, you go on the boards and you talk about it. What songs did they kill it on? Like, just a good time. That's Their awesome. Was that, what, was that what
1: Brian was talking about, too, where he, like, has people over to, like, watch the shows? Or is that something different?
0: So every show they do, they – they live stream professionally so you can you can buy the show for like i don't know 15 20 bucks maybe and and you could watch it so you could uh like i've done it where i've gone to like my uncle's house and we've had some friends over who are also fans and we just like drink beers barbecue and then like project the show onto like a shed
1: that sounds like an awesome night i want to do that yeah
0: it's it's like almost as good as a show like <laughs> almost better because there's no bathroom lines and you don't have to pay for beers (laughs) yeah it's a good time especially like new year's when i can't make it like i've done some runs where i've gone to like the whole thing like all four days but that's a that's hard (laughs) that's hard to do that's a lot
1: four in a row is a lot now yeah (laughs) two in a row is a lot now for me i feel like
0: yeah it's just like i don't know when you come to a show you'll kind of understand just the addictiveness of it you see people who like follow them not only to that weekend but all the weekends and then you're like oh like man i'm just out
3: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i can't wait to get you to show that will be a fun episode we could do a little uh live recording from the show that'd be foam during halftime because they do a set set break set and then like two encores usually so kind of like tool yeah pretty much i don't know if tool does the set break in the middle though I don't remember,
1: I think they, remember they had the countdown.
0: I was not, uh, in my right head last not time sure. yes. <laughs> First time, maybe, yeah. Oh man, I hope they tour again. They could just tour Fear again and I'll again. I wonder I if love they'll put Fear out Inoculum. new music.
1: We had right. to wait like 13 years for this one, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, worth it though.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm taking it easy for the fall and then maybe winter, pick it back up a little.
1: what i'm thinking too yeah
0: we have gaslight in the fall and we got to talk about messengers because maybe we could just pick another date try and sell the tickets but that's like a lot of work
1: (laughs) oh no you can't go
0: i mean (laughs) we were invited to a wedding that day but it's like nicole's work friend who she doesn't work with anymore so i don't feel like that's a wedding that we have to go to
1: is parko's coming to that one too uh all right i'll just go
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be an asshole anymore (laughs) i'll
1: be having a horrible time without you guys
0: (laughs) uh i'll make it i'll figure it out but yeah um next week we got camp trash interview get ready listen to the album uh was it long way the slow way I think that's the real right. yeah. I don't know
1: if that what's on the cover is a real place or if they just like slap like the album name on there. Yeah. I feel like it's in Florida.
0: Gotta be. That, right?
1: the album cover has to be in Florida. That's gonna yeah. be one of our questions. So we'll find out next
0: week. Never going back. Um yeah, New Census Fail. Camp Trash. Yeah. And then we'll preview your
1: Elton John show that you have coming yeah. up, right?
0: Yeah, I'm seeing Elton John in two weeks. So we'll do a little Elton John talk next week i uh i cheated and made a playlist of his set list so
1: we've all done that occasionally
0: yeah it depends on the band elton john has a lot of stuff and like it's like a family trip not that i don't like elton john but it's we have like all my aunts and uncles and cousins going it's gonna be a whole thing so i'm like i'm just gonna cheat so i know the deep cuts but i haven't listened to it i made the playlist and never listened to it. so that'll be uh some homework for this week some crocodile rock yeah Yeah. goodbye yellow brick road goodbye to your old job <laughs> <laughs> Legit <though. laughs> yeah all right um we'll see everyone next week um thanks again to brian for coming on that was awesome and yeah we love you all as always
1: go listen to some fish too because oh, i'm man. aboard
0: uh <laughs> For those not watching on YouTube, I am just smiling ear to ear. It makes me so happy.
1: I could cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Peace. Talk to you next week. <laughs>